Hello, and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with Mrs. Puff's sexiest student, Josh Hemo. Woo! So, we are here, episode five. Episode um, five. Yeah, season one, episode five. Um, thank you so much for listening to us, and we want to encourage you, send us an email or a comment, um, rate us on iTunes, find us on Facebook, Is Mayonnaise a Podcast, on Twitter, at Is Mayo a Podcast. Anywhere you can, just find us. Google us. You'll find us. And send us an email and let us know what you think of the show. Um, give us feedback. We love that stuff. I had a friend email me the other day, and she told me that she just loves the show and that she would really, really love to be on the show. So maybe in the future we'll have um, a dedicated listener on the show. So, yeah, hit us up. Please do. Very jam-packed episode for you guys today. We are looking at pizza delivery, and home sweet pineapple. But instead of a commercial break today where we usually thank people, because one, we ran out of reviews to to thank people for, so write more reviews so we can shout you out. And two, there was some Twitter drama this past week that Josh and I would like to address, and it's about whether SpongeBob is a sea sponge or a dish sponge. So in the middle of our episode, we're going to take a little break of, you know, giving out lessons, and have a little bit of debate. I don't know what Josh thinks. Josh doesn't know what I think. So we're going to find out, is SpongeBob a sea sponge or a dish sponge? It'll be interesting. We'll see how heated it gets. We'll see. Exactly. We'll see if we end up tearing each other's throats. And maybe that, that might be the end of the podcast. You know, Episode five. <laughs> that's We make it episode Thank five you. and we die because we can't resolve this conflict. So yeah, let's take a dive into pizza delivery and home sweet pineapple. So pizza delivery, it's closing time at the Krusty Krab and Squidward's eager to get home. The phone rings with a customer ordering a pizza. And before Squidward can even cut off the customer and say, you know, it's closed, Mr. Krab swoops in and volunteers Squidward to go. And Squidward's like, we don't even make pizza. Mr. Krabs slaps together some Krabby Patties into a pizza, which is an amazing Amazing feat. He's like, you know what? Our delivery squid will take it right to you. Squidward, you know, trying to put off this wonderful, wonderful work task he's been given. And he tries to put on SpongeBob. And Mr. Krabs is like, you know what? Both of you are going. So they check out their car. Squidward being the lazy asshole that he is, he's just like, SpongeBob, you drive. SpongeBob's like, I don't have a license. I can't drive this. And he's like, just, it's right around the corner. Back it up. SpongeBob freaks out. He backs it up. For almost a full day. Like, it was evening, and it's, like, morning or daytime when he, like, is done backing up. They run out of gas. And SpongeBob's like, well, I guess we had to deliver it on foot. They start walking, you know, along the road towards this person's house. Suddenly, SpongeBob's like, you know what? I'm going to tap into a movie I saw and tap into the pioneers. And the pioneers are going to lead us to civilization. Puts his ear to the ground. A 16-wheeler boat semi thing comes down, and Squidward saves his life because, like, SpongeBob's like, I'm going to hitchhike, and the trucker decides not to stop. Squidward pushes him out of the way and saves him from getting run over by a semi-truck. So, shout out to Squidward. Had a redeeming moment there. Shout out. So, they end up walking, and they end up stranded in a desert because they get sucked up by this huge tornado. One last time, SpongeBob's like, let me use my pioneer tricks, and Squidward's like, you know, I'm ignoring your pioneer tricks. 
your pioneer tricks walks the opposite direction. SpongeBob serenades us with a beautiful remix version of the Krusty Krab pizza song that he comes up with, which we'll address later. And then the wilderness gets to them. You know, it's a desert out in out in the ocean. They're dehydrated. I don't know how, but they are. So they start walking and SpongeBob's like, you gotta eat this coral. This is what's gonna save us. And then he's like, oh wait, maybe it's not coral. And Squidward gets upset and he's just like, you know what? Let's eat this pizza. SpongeBob, being the loyal friend that we know and love that we've seen in past episodes, it's like, no, 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 no. We're not eating this pizza. It's for the customer. And then finally, they're saved by a boulder. But wait, not a boulder, a rock. And this little rock, they they drive it, if you can believe it. They drive it all the way to this customer. SpongeBob walks up to the door. He goes right up, and he sees the customer, and he's like, here you go. Here's your pizza. And the customer is like, where the fuck is my drink? Where's my diet Dr. Kelp? And sure enough, it's like, I'm not paying for this pizza. And, you know, SpongeBob defeated. He starts crying. He breaks down. And Squidward's like, you know what? I didn't go through all this shit with SpongeBob. That SpongeBob, you know, is the com- most committed worker. And he just slams this fucking pizza right in to this customer's face. Lies to SpongeBob. He's like, oh, he ate the whole thing in one bite. And then they head back to work. And that's the end of the act. So uh, what are your thoughts on this episode, Josh? Uh, how do you f- how do you feel watching it? Classic. It's a classic episode. The whole fan favorite. Yeah. One of my favorites. Whole Krusty Krab song, Krusty Krab pizza. Oh yeah, I, like SpongeBob again with that vocal range. He just hit everything. He had the remix, the beatboxing. You know, he's not a one-hit wonder. He's mm-hmm. a very capable. He, has, he got some talent. He got some talent. I love the bumper sticker that the. I don't know whose whose boat is that. That's what I was wondering. Where did that come from? There's a lot in this like that doesn't add up. Like, so how is it Mr. Krabs is able to create a pizza out of like ten Krabby Patties and then create a box out of nowhere? How's he able to create the Krabby Patty in general? I mean, it's just the secret, Josh. You can't. It's his abilities. Dog him for maybe Mr. Krabs is a god too. Maybe it's kind of like a Greek gods, Norse gods, where like SpongeBob's a certain type of god, like maybe like more trickster god. Yeah. And then Mr. Krabs, maybe he's like a culinary god. Maybe yeah. this is a very specific god of god of food che- and cheapness, cheap frugalness. Frugal, fru- the god of frugality and uh, frugal culinary, and frugal, frugal food. and food. food. <laughs> the frugal god, the frugal food god. It's really interesting to. To see, I I'm a little disappointed, in Mr. Krabs, in this one. I mean, I've been disappointed with Mr. Krabs before, but as a businessman, it's a lot cheaper to say no, yeah. we are not delivering this pizza, than sending two of your employees, which I'm assuming you're paying them minimum wage or whatever bikini bottom of minimum wage, if they even have that, you know. Yeah. And then they were gone for a long time, and I'm sure. He's not reimbursing them for gas or anything. Or if that's his car, then it's like he's his boat's gone. Maybe it is know? his car. He's the only one that I know that has a car out of like all of SpongeBob's friends. So really, I didn't know that. Yeah, like you see him driving. Like later episodes, you see him like driving with Pearl and stuff. I really applaud SpongeBob for trying to use what he learned in a movie. Cause I'm I'm kind of like that where I'll see something in a movie and I'm like, huh, I wonder if he can do that in real life. I wonder if that's useful. He's very practical. He's a very practical person. I mean, we saw him in the early episodes, like, has his little like, survival, or what was it, the wilderness guide kind of book. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely his little field guide that yeah, he had. so I think he's very practical. He, like, prepares himself very well. 
But uh, before before we dive into more of their journey, I, I think one important thing that I learned from the very beginning of the episode was delegate your work. SpongeBob, in the very beginning, he's like, you know, wiping down the table and he wants to answer the phone. But, you know, Squidward's there. And he picked up the phone a lot quicker than SpongeBob did. And look at all this effort that SpongeBob wasted. Same thing with Mr. Krabs. You have both of these characters, I mean, both of these employees, and you're sending them both out for like a one-person job. It's poor delegation. It's poor leadership. Also notice like Squidward's like, it's closing time, but the sign on the front of the Krusty Krabs still said open. Mm-hmm. So someone's not delegating exactly. the work to make sure that even the signs changed over. Exactly. And don't ignore the rules you have in place. Like, come yeah. on, Mr. Krabs, there's a reason you close at the time that you close. And there's a reason that SpongeBob isn't behind the wheel of a boat. Come on, Squidward. Yes. He doesn't have a license. That's bad. Exactly. One theme that I definitely see besides, you know, the classic Squidward karma that he always runs into, the whole like act for me is don't cut corners. Every time that Squidward tries to cut corners, he just adds more hours to his day. I don't know if you felt that way. But did, yeah. It was rough. It was rough for Squidward. But it was like he was a little bit more, I don't know, nicer, admirable, whatever you want to say in this episode than he has been in the past, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like he wasn't he was just he was thrown into this situation to deliver the pizza. It's not his fault that the boat broke down because SpongeBob freaked out. Mm-hmm. He was along for the journey, and then like at the end, I don't know, it kind of felt very deeming for me for him when he actually is being a good friend, picks up the pizza, doesn't give a f- fuck what the customer thought, and just threw the pizza in his face because it made SpongeBob or it like made SpongeBob feel better. Or it would make SpongeBob feel better. I think this is the first time we really see SpongeBob break down. Yeah, no, I was like, it was crazy to like see him like hold it together. And like, I don't know how many times I've been like in a stressful situation just trying to hold it together. And like, you just want to like fucking ball sometimes, right? You just want to cry. And that's what he did. He was trying to hold it together and then he's done. He just couldn't handle it anymore. I mean, after a stressful day of breaking out down in the middle of nowhere, crossing a desert, like getting sucked up in a tornado, just have a customer like, for you that's stupid that's that's yeah he held it together for the entire trip yeah the entire trip and he made it through the stress of driving a vehicle he had no idea how to drive i've driven a 15 passenger van in new york and let me tell you driving that thing is a feat like driving around i wasn't too bad but parking that and i knew from the beginning i'm like i'm bad at parallel parking and in a 15 passenger van it's not any easier it's a stressful situation he was in he was stressful at the stressful at the beginning and then he just worked his way through more and more stressful situations. Which is a small little lesson. It's okay if you've had too much stress to like give yourself time to break down. Like give yourself time to decompress or if you need to cry, that's fine. You need to release that emotion and not bottle it up. Exactly. Well, he bottled it up the whole trip. I guess in the end it was more because for him the most important aspect was the customer getting this first ever Krabby Patty pizza. Yeah, probably arguably the last Krabby Patty yep. pizza. <laughs> I mean, I don't ever see it again. No, so. I don't think it ever happens again. So, I mean, that was a one-time deal, and SpongeBob was right to really play it up. Mm-hmm. And you see in the end, like, it was literally across the street. Yeah. It wasn't that far. Like... Squidward could have literally just been like, fine, I'll take this pizza, gotten in the car, driven the three feet to that guy's house, and then just gone back, back to work. Mm-hmm. I just want, because this hits home for me, don't be rude to someone serving your food. Yeah, I, wrote I didn't mean that to rhyme, but it yeah. did. It's, it's like the whole adage of like the customer is always right. I'm like, no, okay. that's bullshit. Yeah. The customer is never right. I mean, sometimes they are, but most of the time, come on, we're all human beings here. And I've seen it from this like 
friends or family members who are or customers and they're just trying to get a good deal so they'll make a big deal out of nothing or they'll just throw a fit because something was put in the wrong spot on a shelf and they're like well it's priced this way i'm like okay but to be fair it's not in the right spot and i feel bad for like the worker who's like oh i'll sit there and then try to appease you but i know that it, i can't give you this big discount you know people are trying to take advantage of you and it's good it's possible and we heard the phone conversation this guy's just trying to get a free diet dr kelp out of spongebob mm-hmm. and it's just one of those things like it's a two-way street. So as a worker, you're trying to make sure that the customer is happy. I definitely think that if something's wrong, if like say your steak comes back cooked incorrectly, the server should come over and be like, you know what, let me remedy this. But the customer doesn't have to be a dick about it. I feel like we've created a culture where we kind of have to be rude in order to get things done. And I know that I I have friends that have done that where they're like, oh, this package is late. So now I have to be like a over the phone and be like an asshole over the phone in order to go out and get this package product on time, things like that. And I just feel like, and they run into like customer service people who are bad at customer service. Mm -hmm. And like, I understand people don't have to be amazing at customer service, but if this person's telling you information and you're not taking that in and processing it correctly and then being like, here's how I can remedy that, then you're going to get chewed out. Well, it's like my brother works for a call center, so he deals with people trying to take advantage of the fact like they can get it for free so like you sit there as a customer service representative and they're like okay but it says i can get this free modem installed if i do this and this and this and like i know from my brother's perspective he's like okay but that doesn't exist like you're just making this up and then he gets yelled at for it like the the customer will sit there yelling at him well it's not it's not his fault they're just trying to take advantage of a situation and i think yeah, it's, and it's also a, they don't control policy yeah and it, it takes like that's a good thing to remember. Like as a customer, you need to realize like most of the people you talk to, like representatives or customer service or like even checkout clerk, they don't have any control over the policy. They're just there to get that job done. Basic exactly. job. And yeah, it is annoying when someone has a little bit too much loyalty to their job, but it's still it's still important for them to have that loyalty. I mean, they got this job, they don't want to get fired. Honestly, it's the boss's job to make sure that policy that's in place is well off, because like Mr. Krabs made the mistake at the beginning. He should have been like, sorry, we're closed. We can get a pizza immediately tomorrow yeah. or something like that. Because, again, he's going to save money doing that because you're closing down and you're not paying employees to do all their stuff. And plus, he's like, I don't know how much he was going to charge the pizza, but he's like five Krabby Patties to make that. Thing. It's like 10. Really? Yeah. Jesus. That's a lot of Krabby <laughs> yeah. Patty for one pizza. I mean, it did look pretty good, though. Do you think it tasted good? Just tasted like a cheeseburger? I don't know. I've had cheeseburger I mean, they pizza. Do make it's cheeseburger not very pizza. good. It's not very good. There's mixed reviews on cheeseburger mm-hmm. pizza. Sometimes I like find a good one where I'm like, this is a pizza that has cheeseburger aspects to it. And then there's other times where it's like, this is disgusting. This is Why did you put mustard on a garbage. pizza? <laughs> Why did you put yellow mustard on a pizza? Use stone ground or something if you're going to be creative. Come wow, on, guys. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, at MasterChef Junior. <laughs> it's working out for you. It's, it, yeah, it's all that. It's all those master classes I take mm-hmm. online with Gordon <laughs> Ramsay. Uh, um, <laughs> sponsor us. Sponsor us. <laughs> Shout out. I really like the journey. You know, it's kind of like the Odyssey kind of thing. Like they got to go through all these trials and stuff, like the whole tornado. Yeah. Um, getting stuck in the desert. Like and it's so cool. Like to see that SpongeBob can't drive a car has zero trouble driving a fucking rock. 
Oh no, he's a pro. <laughs> it's he's. I think the controls are just simpler. Maybe it's a rock. Maybe maybe SpongeBob <laughs> needs to watch a boating school video. Maybe he'll be more comfortable if he's just like, oh, like that's how it's done. Yeah. Because he know again. Yeah, I guess he just he watched the pioneer the do it. So maybe that's all he needs. Some visual learning. Exactly that yeah. anxiety. Maybe traditional schooling is failing him. The the one moment that really grossed me out because I just can't unthink of it because of my horrific mind that I've developed over the years <laughs> is when, you know, SpongeBob does his whole Krusty Krab rap and they're finally like, they're about to break down. You see Squidward's face and it's so, so fucking <laughs> saggy. It's just like explicit content ahead. It just, Honestly, it's just like a wrinkly nutsack of a face. That happens so often with Squidward, though. Like, there's yeah. other episodes where his like nose deflates and he just looks like an old wrinkly ball sack. <laughs> and it just like, and it's gross because like the little uh, sound effects that they have. It's like a little. If you listen real closely, little splooshy sound mm-hmm. effects. It's like, like mm, no, nope, that is. I do not like this phallic representation <laughs> in Squidward's face. I do like Squidward's last little line. Oh my aching tentacles. Oh it's yeah, pretty solid. <laughs> uh, again, very beginning. That karma always catching Squidward. Squidward's greatest enemy, man. I know is karma. The antagonist of his of his life. His life is karma. Literally every day of his life. Squidward did this thing where I think is very important to point out is he tries to manipulate SpongeBob. And he pulled out. He pulled a plankton. He did like the same thing. Tried to sweet talk SpongeBob. Yeah, uh, he was actually better than plankton at sweet talking. He got SpongeBob. real close. Yeah, real close. It's like. SpongeBob's making them bedroom eyes at that pizza. He's like, he's about to go to town that pizza. Me, this pizza. (laughs) We're gonna go down town. But you did see how strong-willed SpongeBob is, though. I mean, I don't know if I would be able to handle myself in the middle of the desert that I was starving. I was like, I got this pizza. I just need to eat it. I'm sorry. I know, but to be honest, Josh, like, how long were they in the desert? I don't know. How long was that customer waiting for that pizza? I mean. Maybe we're giving the customer too much flack because he did wait. It was it was implied he, that it was evening yeah. at the Krusty Krab, they and it's now midday the next day. Yeah. Well, and it's like, but he never complained about the time. What he complained about was the soda. If he complained about the time, it would have been fine. I would have understood, but he complained about a soda he never actually ordered. Yeah, and then poor SpongeBob, man. He yeah. just cried up all those tears and then sucking them back up and is like, it's like he's not a he's not a pretty crier. No, he's an ugly that's crier. An ugly cry. I understand that you know not everyone can be beautiful. Not everyone can cry. be beautiful when they cry. Yeah, but an ugly cry is still upsetting. <laughs> it's upsetting to watch. <laughs> but yeah, like I really related to you know someone's tempting you that way. It's just like just eat this. I'm those of you who don't know if you guys haven't paid attention in the last couple episodes. Is I'm lactose intolerant, so it's very easy womp, to seduce womp, me. Womp. With any dairy, because I used to drink, they're talking about a person that used to drink like a gallon of milk. I could drink a whole gallon of milk in like less than a week and be like, you know what? I could go buy some more milk. Some people think that's disgusting. And I agree. It is disgusting. But here I am, lactose intolerant. And I can't even, it's probably because I drank so much milk. I ruined all my allotment for my life. I haven't looked furry anymore. I mean, I had one yesterday. Let me tell you, it was not a good event. (laughs) I'm still paying the price for it. You guys don't even know. I have As a I have speak. a bed I have a bedpan here in the recording booth just in case. You never know when lactose intolerance will hit you. It's pretty pathetic to watch, but oh well. I mean, no one's making you watch Josh. It's like a train wreck. <laughs> you just can't look away. You can't look away. 
I don't know. Did you did you notice any like super small but like very interesting things about the episode? I did notice like when so when they're in the hurricane tornado thing and SpongeBob's like flying around or whatever. Um, Squidward's like telling him, "Let go of the pizza, let go of the pizza," and, and SpongeBob's like, "No, it's for the customer." And Squidward yells, "No, who cares about the customer?" Like everything stops. SpongeBob <gasps> somehow manages. He's like, "Gasp, Squidward!" He I'm manages to stop time. SpongeBob is a god. He yeah. is a um, he got omnipotent powers. being. Hopefully, that's the same word, the <laughs> correct word. He's a powerful being. Someone fact check. <laughs> I'll fact check that right now. That trucker man that he's like hashing flashing break dancers or something like trashing flashing break dancers. to be fair i probably would have said the same thing if i'm driving down the highway and someone literally looks like they're break dancing in the middle of the road i mean i just think that guy needs more culture obviously Maybe. that's how the pioneers got around <laughs> just a psa moss does not always point to civilization that is this is a fictional show don't do not use this show as a mode of wild wilderness survival <laughs> I understand in the future there is very great sea bear uh, evasion tactics that do work, but not everything in this show is factual, so you have to be careful. End of PSA. End of PSA. (laughs) Thank you. What about lessons? You got more? Uh, As far as lessons, I don't know. I I think I got most of them. Most of the lessons that I saw were largely just a hit home as far as a a working style delegate your work don't do everything on by yourself i know people who have that problem in the creative industries and in normal industries don't ignore the rules in place some of them are stupid but some of them are necessary it's very important that your boss figures that out um don't send people to do a one-person job i hate this is not a training session if it is a training session bring the other person along but I can't tell you, I see like six people, too many cooks in the kitchen, you know? Yeah, I got a Ron Swanson quote as the never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. I think it's very- great quote. Yeah, great quote, great life advice. I think it applies here is like, you don't make your hamburger joint. Don't try to become something that you're not. Don't try to like half-ass make a pizza and make your employees who don't know how to deliver pizza go do that. Like, I think it's just a set-up recipe for disaster, and I think that's why we don't see the Crested Crab Pizza ever make a re, uh, resurgence in the series. I agree as far as don't, as, from a restaurant perspective, I can't tell you how many restaurants where I'm like, why is this even on the menu? Like, why did you, like, I understand I have some picky eaters in my family. Usually they're a little older, where they're like, I will only eat Mexican food or a hamburger. And it's like, we're at a Chinese place. We can't do anything. I always love that going to like a sushi place and like there's steak on the menu and you're just like, okay. Yeah, you're going to get those people who don't want to eat sushi, but then don't go to a sushi place. Why are you doing exactly. that? It just, and like, I have that problem, but I tell people straightforward, I'm like, if we're going to go eat sushi, I'm not going to eat sushi. But I'm not going to complain that I'm getting like fried rice or something else different because right. I just, I'll have friends that are like, oh, this is the best sushi place ever and be like, I'm probably the wrong person to take. But if we go, I'll probably end up just getting some other dish that isn't sushi. And it's a disappointment to them, but I know what I like. Yeah. It's funny going in like back from Tucson where there's like restaurants who aren't Mexican food, but then we'll have like mm-hmm. a token Mexican dish on the plate, like some sort of taco or burrito. And you're like, and it's always really bad. So whitewashed and like Tex Mex. You're like, no, <laughs> don't even try. Oh, I'll talk about this in the Texas episode, but I do not have a good 
good relationship with Tex-Mex. No, neither. <laughs> it's hard coming from like an actual legit like Mexican food like inspired culture to like eat, trying to eat Tex-Mex. You're like, this is not. Mm, yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. I nothing against Tex-Mex. No, actually, I don't know. No, we'll talk about know. it in the Texas yeah, episode. We, get there. we might even have a guest for that. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I got some stuff in the works. But yeah, is there anything else, Josh? That you uh, I, don't give into temptation was yeah. another one. Yeah, we, don't be rude to food service employees. Yeah, touching the whole customer is always right. Like, don't be rude. Oh, and I didn't bring this up, but when when SpongeBob is, I'm assuming he watched a documentary. He's like, I watched a movie, but a, a documentary is still a movie. So he didn't say if it was fiction or nonfiction. But I'm. I think it's important that we look to the past to help educate our current situation. And SpongeBob was like, you know, I'm not a very savvy sponge when it comes to being stuck in the wilderness, but I'm going to look to the pioneers. Get some advice from them. But also on the flip side of that, just because you get stuck in the wilderness and you can watch Bear Grylls don't mean that you're going to pull off all the stuff that he's able to do. So be conscious of that. Yeah, be be safe. Yeah. Sometimes it's just simplest to stay with your car and just wait until help comes. Yeah. I understand that is a dangerous situation as well, but and if it doesn't AAA, come, insurance, all those things, cook, they, they're supposed to help you out. If they'll come, you're going to die anyway, so you should die in the comfort yeah. in your car. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we're going to jump to our Is SpongeBob a Dish Sponge or Sea Sponge discussion? All right, so we're going to dive into this discussion, whether or not SpongeBob is a sea sponge or a kitchen sponge. Um, to start off, though, Omar is going to give us a little bit of background on the Twitter feud that's going on. I don't know if it's still going on. It's kind of wind down since, you know, it's a weekly podcast. We're, we're not late breaking news, but we are a SpongeBob podcast, so it's good to kind of bring this up. Celeste Yim uh, is a comedian, and she she tweeted out, she's like, I have only just discovered that SpongeBob is a sea sponge. I thought he was maybe a regular sponge with an eclectic lifestyle, like a white man living in Southeast Asia. <laughs> Which, funny tweet, solid tweet. She basically opened up this wonderful debate on whether SpongeBob is a dish sponge or a sea sponge. You know, some people were arguing that, like, you know, her friends were, like, mocking her and said, how do you think he could breathe underwater? Like, a dish sponge can breathe underwater. Which, again, I'm not going to debate that right now. Just giving you some background. She put up a poll in the end. The dish sponge choice was the winner. Other people are just, like, showing pictures of, you know, like, when SpongeBob and Patrick are on land, when they're... There's an episode where SpongeBob has the suds and he gets like he is a yellow dish sponge in that situation. Um, but th- other people had some pretty smart uh, observations. Um, the strongest one that everyone saw was there is an episode where SpongeBob is exhibiting some very sea, sea sponge behaviors and it's filter feeding, reproduction via budding, and regeneration. Because there's definitely times where you know SpongeBob's arms come off and he gets a new arm. Or there's an episode with little mini SpongeBob's on SpongeBob. And there's other times where he's like, you know, laying on the ground. He's like, photosynthesis, mm-hmm. photosynthesis. So people are saying like, you know, he is a sea sponge. And it was a pretty big debate. Took up Twitter by storm for a little bit. If you're in, if you're in the SpongeBob community, like at Ismail podcast is. So if you want to keep up on all the hot SpongeBob takes follow us on twitter but yeah so uh josh i'll open the floor to you what do you what are your thoughts is spongebob a dish sponge so or a I, sea sponge for the longest time have believed that he is a dish sponge and i think it's just because the way he looks but what is interesting is 
like if you look at his family like then the next uh in act act two of this ep- actual episode we see his mom and dad for the first time they don't look anything like a yellow to sponge. They look closer to like the brown actual sea sponges that you would actually see. So I, th- I, I'm a little confused about genetics as far as sea sponge and dish sponge go, or maybe SpongeBob was adopted. I don't know. And it was learned behavior from his parents to act like a sea sponge. But how, how do you against the naysayers who say, you know, he, he filter feeds, he's regenerating, uh, a man-made dish sponge, you cut off that, it does not come back. It does not grow back. How do you feel about that? How do you defend that point? He's a god. He's a god? Yes, he's a god. So he's a god and a dish So he's yes. a man-made god dish sponge is what yes. you're going for. Well, and also look at that, that. Yes, that is a good possibility. But then we have the episode where he jumps back in time or Squidward jumps back in time and we see Pat Tar and SpongeGar or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that is the first sponge, arguably under the sea and it's spongebob the yellow sponge so did all other sea sponges derive from this yellow sponge and maybe that's what man-made sponges are inspired off of the original sea sponge i'm really glad you brought that up because that is exactly my argument Mm -hmm. my argument is that spongebob is a sea sponge and i think the reason that everyone thinks spongebob is a dish sponge is because man being fallible and i'm talking about I should say humankind, we're copycats. We're big old f***ing copycats. We just look at things in nature and we copy it all the time. There's a lot of natural phenomenon that a lot of people will just take inspiration from. They'll start um, putting together and doing all these different little things. And again, all inspired by. So I think whoever created the sponge looked at a sea sponge and was like, I need to find the perfect sponge. And in my eyes, I'm still firm on my theory. There's yet to prove that SpongeBob is not a god of some sort where he has too much power in this universe that they wouldn't look at the yellow sponge and be like, you know what? This is a perfect shape. It's something we can recreate with our machines. And this is how we're going to make it. So whenever you see SpongeBob out of water, you're not seeing, you're seeing SpongeBob and you're seeing him as a sea sponge. That's why he can, you know, do all the cool sea sponge things. But he's, just the inspiration for the dish sponge. He's the original, basically. He's the the OG yeah. of sea sponges. So I think, I don't think the poll is right. I mean, like I said, dish sponge won out, but I think people ignored the fact that There's history. we as human beings are, we like to appropriate nature yeah. in a good way sometimes. But I don't know. I feel like there's no debate. He's a sea sponge. Why would you? Why would you think he's a dish sponge? He lives underwater. He has parents, and like you brought up a good point that maybe he's adopted or whatever. I understand that in the future episodes, I just saw a still. I haven't seen this episode. There is a picture of you know a baby SpongeBob with his parents, and again, I don't think he's adopted. I think if you if you look at the at the timeline, because there's even there's SpongeGar, and then I found out in my little research that there's you know the really f- a famous meme where it's like caveman SpongeBob looking around like all nervous and stuff. Yeah. It's that's actually a whole different sponge than SpongeGar. Oh. That's primitive sponge. primitive sponge. That's what that's how SpongeBob Wiki. If you ever dive into that rabbit hole, which I highly recommend, they have a really decent timeline where they talk about you know the family tree of SpongeBob. Primitive Sponge. It was the maybe it's still SpongeBob. It's just SpongeBob. You know, it literally SpongeBob evolved from that sponge, and maybe it's a reincarnation type deal. I'm I'm telling you this. 
SpongeBob as a god theory, I I've yet to find something that doesn't. And also, like there's other doesn't apply to. There's other characters throughout the SpongeBob universe in the past. Like there's a whole old West episode. Um, what is it? Like Dead Eye Gulch, I think is what Bikini Bottom was called before it was Bikini mm-hmm. Bottom. And there is a character in that um episode who looks exactly like SpongeBob. And like a descendant exactly. of SpongeBob. So I think I think you're correct. Like we that the original Thank you. Sponge, I always know that. Get out of here, you're done. Um <laughs> the original sea sponge was a more closely looking to a uh, like a kitchen sponge. And so over time it's evolved and somehow SpongeBob has retained that look or that genetic makeup despite his parents not looking anything like that. But I don't know. Like or maybe, said, maybe it's a it's a mystical thing. Maybe yeah. he's reincarnated yeah. into this every this is his every lifetime form. every lifetime gets one SpongeBob and he changes yeah, the it's world like, somehow. It's like Neo in the Matrix. It's just one of them. It's just different iterations of the same thing, and he's just like suddenly becoming it's like the Avatar. It's exactly, exactly. Like the Avatar. <laughs> Another hit Nickelodeon show, Avatar: <laughs> Last Airbender. One of my personal favorites. Again, Nickelodeon, you should be sponsoring us. We're just pro Nickelodeon all the way over here. But no, I honestly think. I again, I think there's no argument. That's us as humankind being, you know, humankind. We're taking nature, we're molding it to something that we can use, which is, you know, a dish sponge. So let us know what you think, actually. Like, we'll probably put it, like, we should put a poll up on, like, the Facebook page and the Twitter and see yeah. what our fans think. Um, we we'll kind of want to see, like, if our argument makes sense to you, let us know. If not, if you got a better theory, we'd love to hear it. We can discuss it I'm, next uh, time. I'm open to logic, you know. Yeah. I, I really think... I think there's no flaw in my theory, and that's just pretentious as hell. But definitely, yeah, reach out to us. Please do. And reach out to us. Shoot us a text. Send us an email. Uh, is mayonnaise a podcast at gmail dot com? Send us an email there. You know, talk crap. Say Omar, you're an idiot. He's definitely a dish sponge. I want that. I want good and bad. Email us. Please do. Anyways, so let's. Um, I think. Obviously, that settles it. I think we should just uh, get on with Act 2. Act 2, Home Sweet Pineapple. We start off seeing a group of nematodes um, coming or going through Bikini Bottom, eating their way through a rock, a boatmobile, until they get to SpongeBob's house, where they pull out a straw and start basically sucking the life out of his house. Individual objects start getting smaller and smaller, so SpongeBob's bed shrinks. His phone shrinks, everything starts shrinking until his house is completely gone and the Nemo toads leave. Saddened by this, Patrick ends, comes over to try to console him. Squidward comes over, sees what's going on. Squidward's like, oh, it's so sad that you're going to have to go. Like, too bad. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Goes inside and throws a party. Fucking <laughs> confetti's flying out the window. Um, Patrick, in his ever uh, stupidity, says, oh, Squid's taking it real hard. And then there's a scene where SpongeBob and Patrick try to actually rebuild SpongeBob's house. Um, you see them go through all this effort like with actual tools and they get all dressed up in hard hats. Um, but the only thing they're able to accomplish is building a pineapple about the size of SpongeBob's head, which ends up shattering anyways. So it's a futile effort. So instead of letting being a good friend, instead of letting SpongeBob have to go back to his parents' house, offers to let him stay 
with him and under his rock. And so SpongeBob does for the night and does not turn well. Well, um, not only does Patrick snore, but he also drools in huge puddles and has apparently really bad night terrors because he picks up the rock at some point and starts smashing SpongeBob thinking he's a spider. Even SpongeBob moves like a good like 10, 15 feet away and Patrick comes over and starts smashing him with a rock. So SpongeBob goes to Squidward's house in the middle of the night, pokes a tired Squid or a sleeping Squidward, asks if he can stay, crawls into bed with Squidward and starts asking him like, oh, can you give me a glass of water? Can you do this and this and this until Squidward finally wakes up <laughs> and is like, good night, SpongeBob, get out. So morning time, SpongeBob parents come pick him up, has his bags ready. Squidward, all very excited, jumps out of bed, like, helps um his parents pack his stuff into um their car and before he leaves spongebob takes the seed the only thing left of his house plants it in the ground and says his final goodbyes a single tear falls from his nose the seed sucks it up and boom his house grows right back yeah it's a good little episode um i like it short sweet um i definitely enjoy it i think i really like spongebob where he's like oh and he's like all like having his dramatic like little situation going on um nematodes i actually google what nematodes are and they're little critters that are like almost everywhere and it kind of scared me so then i closed the wiki i was like i don't want to i don't, don't want to read this anymore this. are they like the equivalent to what termites would be that's what i figured is like they're kind of like the termite of the spongebob universe through the spongebob wiki i i that's what they kind of related them to is termites or like uh, mice you know, so like a like smaller little vermin, um. But online, with the, like the scientific wiki, like the normal wiki, it was it was less like it didn't really. I didn't really deep dive into how like if they could eat like a whole pineapple. They do eat things, but I don't know if they could eat like a whole rock or a boat. <laughs> Patrick spiders moment. It just like I cry every single time because it's just like he's like spiders, spiders, spiders. He's just like crashing and like destroying spongebob and then he's like 100 percent fine and goes back to sleeping and then spongebob's like okay i'm gonna take a like little break and he like lays over super far away and then he runs with the entire rock back and he's like spiders spiders he's just like slapping and like it gets me every time because it's just uh our intern fatima is very afraid of spiders so it reminds me of her sometimes because super afraid like, she'll freak out super afraid she'll even look like out. a picture on um, facebook just, of them <laughs> I mean, it's not shame her, Josh. I'm just saying. No, but she's pretty. Uh, she's pretty afraid. There's other people who are pretty afraid of that, and like I respect that. But I'm also like, keep your composure if you can. Uh, and I think Patrick could could benefit from that. I think he has like some sleep apnea problems, like the night terrors and the snoring and all that. Exactly. I, to get that checked um, out. I actually, I was on a shoot recently where they talked about the importance of sleep. Um, it was like a little PSA thing. Um, I won't give too much because I'm sure it's copyrighted technically. The expert that was there really stressed the importance of like breathing through your nose when you sleep. And when you breathe through your mouth, it's actually like bad for you because your nose filters everything. And that getting, you know, the proper amount of sleep. And I think Patrick really needs that tip. He needs to maybe get his sleeping cycle checked by a, you know, sleep expert and making sure that hey, maybe I'm not getting the best sleep that I could have and maybe not watching scary before bed and having night terrors about spiders or maybe going to see a therapist about that because that's a little intense. A little extreme. He lifted his his entire home with his hands. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, super strength. 
Oh, speaking of super strength, until someone proves me wrong that SpongeBob is not some type of deity, he turned the entire world. He did. As he's as he's building plumbing, he turned the entire world. There were three instances of godlike powers I saw in this specific episode. It was that one where he's like tightening the pipes and he turns the entire world around. Mm-hmm. He defies gravity when he's nailing the boards together and there's no nothing's holding them up. It's just like he's floating up there. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is like he has much like Harry Potter and the Phoenix, like, like Fox the Phoenix, like healing tears. Like his tears brought his house back to life. <laughs> I didn't even catch that one. That's yeah. amazing. The, it's like, the healing tears. The maybe that's the secret to uh, saving life on on the planet. All our major injuries. You just some sea sponge tears. Yeah, or just tears in general. Maybe we don't see the healing powers <laughs> behind tears yet. <laughs> Let's <laughs> get all the sad, all sad people gathered up. I I cry on my emotional scars, but they don't do anything. <laughs> so we'll find out. <laughs> um, no, honestly though, I think looking into your sleep habits and understanding, especially after being around that sleep expert for a while, and then this episode just you know brought back all those memories. Is just maybe I should look at how I sleep, how I breathe, and. See if there's ways I can improve on, on my sleep because true. I definitely never don't get enough sleep. Well, you, you look at it, it's like you spend like what one third of your life sleeping. So that's almost exactly what she said. Yeah, you got you got not be, the joke, the expert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be able to like take care of yourself during that time. Like when I went to the chiropractor the last time, he's like, he asked how I slept. He's like, do you sleep on your stomach? I was like, yeah, sometimes I do. And he's like, okay, well, this is how it fucks up your spine and your neck. I was like, oh, okay, this all makes sense now. It's like, oh, this pain I've been feeling, it's self-inflicted? Because I've been sleeping this way. Great. Not surprised. Uh, Another thing, very basic thing that um, for our our older listeners, homeowner's insurance is important. Renter's insurance is important. I secretly don't have renter's insurance, but it gives me a lot of anxiety, so I should probably get some soon. Because you never know. When, you know, termites will hit. I've had mice before in my house. Hurricane it, hits. A lot of fires have happened in New York recently. You know, whole apartments are gone down. You know, you need something to protect you. A couple, couple bucks a month. There's services out there and I think that I will name if can, they sponsor us. You can ask Squidward for some advice on that because the Squidward's house gets destroyed pretty often. Yeah. He must have some pretty good insurance on that. That are some deep pockets. Oh, well, or he knows a guy. <laughs> Works for Krusty Krab. Yeah, um, I, I there's definitely people in my family who've had sleep apnea. Um, you know, get that checked. Mm-hmm. Like that's you not breathing in the middle of your your sleep cycle. That can't be good for you. Yeah. Definitely not. I'm not a doctor, but it does not sound good. SpongeBob also showing very keen abilities to to break in people's houses. Just walk right in Squidward's house. Lock yeah. your doors, people. Come on, Squidward. Think oh. about it. It's also like I also know it's like Squidward. So there's this whole thing at the beginning where. Um, when he SpongeBob calls Squidward and is like, "My house is being shrunk or whatever," and Squidward's like, "Is it that time of day to ruin, or is it that time to ruin my day again?" And I was like, "Okay, that's just like him being mean." But then, like when you hear people or you hear him um yelling at the end or at, at when his house is um being destroyed, uh, Patrick jumps up. He's like, "Is that time to ruin Squ- Squid's day again?" So they're intentionally, I think, bothering yeah, Squidward. Before, before we thought they were innocent naive mm-hmm. fools no but... no no they're actually like they had some plot too like he jumps he falls on top of his stuff a classic patrick style and jumps out with the suit so he had some sort of plan to ruin squidward's day that day 
Also, I'm upset with Patrick as a host. Okay, it's obvious he has a ch- armchair and a TV and some other well, small that's things. That's what didn't in his make apartment. sense to me. Why didn't they go inside his house? Well, how are they sleeping? Like using the rock as a blanket? Why weren't they underneath yeah. the rock? I don't know. There's. I think. I think Patrick was secretly not being a good friend because he didn't immediately offer SpongeBob to stay at his house. I mm-hmm. think he felt obligated to. And also, what? Be a better friend. There are people out there who, like you know, sometimes need a place to stay. Um, whether their apartment has bed bugs or something like that, like rinse them off and bring them in your house. Yeah. If you're a really accommodating and good person, I'm sure you could bring people who really, really need it. But I mean, your friends, at least, just say, "Hey, crash on my couch for a week." Let me help or, you. Or you know, a couple days. You know, give them, give them a helping hand mm-hmm. if you can. I mean, Squidward was definitely not like, do not stay in my house. And I, I would argue that Squidward's house is even bigger and more able to like accommodate have someone. Yeah. Yeah. Accommodate someone. Well, if they're ruining his day every day on purpose, then I wouldn't want people over at my house either. So especially exactly. like how I rude mean, Pat, uh, SpongeBob was as a guest, like demanding, like asking for all these things and like taking advantage of Squidward. I think that's. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had his shoes on when he went into oh, yeah. his bed. Oh, yeah. I. Uh, I have a really big thing. I don't like street clothes, and it's more more so now that I live in New York. But I don't like street clothes on our bed. It freaks me out because like the subway is not a clean place. New York is not a clean city. I don't want that on my bed. And you sweat. It's gross. Like, it, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, like, I would rather have a sweaty, naked person in my bed than a sweaty. Yes, but it's like on your clothes, it's like New York with person, like the sweat and the dirt and all the grime of everywhere yeah, else. I don't, like the accommodations is no good. Take a shower. Oh, that's another thing I learned Take from a the shower. sleep expert. Take a shower before bed. Before bed. Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to give away all the secrets, but I doubt that I'll get in trouble. But if I do, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Please don't sue us. <laughs> Please don't sue us. We'll just cut it out later. There's a lot of like little clever lines in this one, like instead of calling it like a cell phone it was like shell phone instead shell phone. of it I being did like shell phone. roommates it was rock mates like a little clever writing like that and then again that's spongebob optimism he woke up and he's like gary we're finally huge mm-hmm. he's just like <laughs> he's pumped he's not like holy shit my house is shrinking it's funny that shrinking process too like it was individual items that were being shrunk instead of the entire thing still trying my to process is how that, that works I'm th- my theory is that the nematode, who's straw, you know, it's like when you're trying to get a certain part of the drink, mm-hmm. like maybe if you have one of those cool drinks that have like different layers because of the different densities of the liquids, you're just like, no, I want to drink the pineapple juice at the bottom. Yeah. Or I think like maybe one of the nematodes like is like- And you're like getting all the little bobas on the bottom or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe the nematode's like, I want that treasure chest boba. There you go. <laughs> suck that thing right up. And then another one's like, I want that alarm clock boba and suck that all up too. Boba freaks me out sometimes, but it's good. It's no, delicious. It doesn't freak you out. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I did get over it. Um, I'm telling you, just open your palate sometimes, guys. It'll, it's worth it sometimes. Um, I also noticed that um, the day that SpongeBob leaves, Squidward like jumps out of bed in his pajamas and then goes gets changed. He throws out underwear, like he's changing out of underwear and a single sock. But when he comes out, he's not wearing pants. So I'm trying to understand where he, where he's wearing those underwear and socks, unless he's wearing like skin tight, um, like skin a tight, leotard? yeah, leotard or something, and he's wearing underwear and socks under all that. I don't know. I'm just a. I'm I just walking around maybe, naked all the time. 
Maybe he is naked all the time, you it's know. Fine. Sea Good cre- for him. I think sea creatures are maybe a little bit more open minded than us. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put it above I wouldn't put it above him to be like, Oh, these are my underwear for like a fancy occasion. <laughs> just sleeps in his underwear, but just free balls it during the day. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, to each you its own. I don't I don't want to judge. <laughs> um but I do want to point out that Squidward, as much as he doesn't like SpongeBob, he is so polite to his parents. He is. I think it's I mean, very it was, important to be polite petty, to other people's parents. Yes. You know, it's petty, but he's like, let me get these bags. Mm-hmm. He was like, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Squarepants or something like that. I think that's it's a proper greeting. It is, I think yeah. that's good. As much as SpongeBob and Patrick decide to terrorize him during the day, as soon as his parents showed up, he's like, hi, how are you doing? Boom. Let me help you. And SpongeBob's parents are a little bit too happy to have SpongeBob back in the house. But, you know, I relate to that. I'm a little bit of a mama's boy. And my well, even my parents like, enjoy it when I visit. Yeah, like when I travel and come home, like my parents are ecstatic. It's like the only time they're like, all right, let's actually go out and go get food and whatever. Like they're actually super happy. So it kind of yeah. makes sense. But like it's also like, I don't know if I was reaching out to my parents like, hey, I lost my house. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're too excited. Maybe. Maybe they maybe a, they set the nematodes on the Maybe that's a that's a big ploy. Secretly. But again, SpongeBob has parents, not a dish sponge, sea sponge. Yeah. I mean uh, and but they do look different, so keep that in mind. Keep that. But we'll find out. We'll maybe find in the we'll maybe see. in the future I, I might change my mind. We'll see. We'll explain. Um yeah, there's a little little things I noticed. I got a lesson for this episode is like rely on your friend like you kinda of brought it up, like rely on your friends if something happens. Mm-hmm. Um but don't be unrealistic. Like, don't expect, like, someone like Squidward to take you in, take care of mm-hmm. you. And not even that. Like, Patrick, as much as he is helpful, I think it's very important to be, like, not to overcompensate. Like, don't tell your friends, like, oh, yeah, you can stay here for a month if you know that for that month you're going to hate it. Yeah. Or, like, stay here for a week and then you don't actually have a week of patience to give them. Because, you know, hosting someone is a... It it takes a certain kind of person to have in your like one the person in your house has to be enjoyable and two if you're hosting someone you should be accommodating in certain well, ways as well like it's a two way street but still you got to be important like it's got to be important to you that that person's having a good time and you're being a good guest Josh Josh is a good example he stayed at our house for a month and it was only half half the time it was horrible only half only half the like half mornings like mostly horrible. It was all the screaming in the mornings. And the weeping at night. Yeah, and yeah. the weeping at night. But he never wet the bed, so that's all I can ask for. I didn't wet the bed, and I didn't puke in the bed, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'll never get over that. Yikes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another uh, thing is, like, going off of the whole, like, rely on friends. Like, it's okay to rely on family, too. Like, if stuff happens, like, if you need to go home for a little bit, it's fine. That's what home is for. You know, mm-hmm. and usually family members are would be stand there open like with open arms. Doesn't mean to overextend your stay, but like at least like rely on those people to give you a little bit of help. Be smart about it. Those, I mean, hopefully you do have you know family that you can rely on. I know sometimes living far away from them, you can't really go back home. Yep. And if you don't have a really strong family network, use your friends. Your friends can can really jump in and help out. Right. That was that was heartwarming. That 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 <laughs> act was a heartwarming act. It was. I liked it. I it have a new appreciation for it now. Yeah, it it gave me the warm and fuzzies because, let me tell you, uh, we're gonna go sum this up real soon, and we're gonna do the big lesson for today's episode. And mine's a bit of a bummer. So let's uh let's hop to that. 
All right. So we're going to jump in for the big lesson this week. What did you think? You said you had a, like a downer one. I don't know. Is yours a downer? That's I don't really want to. But maybe we okay, should let's start, start, with out... the, start with the downer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you're going to agree with me, but honestly, I think these two lessons, the one thing that they do share together is grieving. Mm. Hear me out. So in act one of this episode with pizza delivery, SpongeBob really doesn't get any assistance from Squidward or any help in general from, I think, the universe until he grieves. Because it's it's not until he breaks down and he's at his lowest point that Squidward kind of realizes like, oh, I've been kind of mean to SpongeBob this whole time. He's been just trying to do his job to the best of his ability because he actually enjoys this job. And that's what causes Squidward to change. And him, SpongeBob showing his true emotions, maybe it's underlying stuff. Like, I feel like people in their lives will bottle up a lot of emotions like that. And they won't let them out until absolutely necessary. Especially like and a I think positive we... person like SpongeBob. Like he's so optimistic, it's hard to acknowledge those those sad feelings sometimes. And it's harder it's easier to lock those away in a vault somewhere. The same thing with Act Two is it isn't until SpongeBob cries and realizes his sadness that he's been kind of ignoring and the reality of his situation that he can actually literally grow from the situation and as in literally grow his house too. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a really deep nugget in the episode, but it's really the turning point in both episodes because, you know, there's all this conflict, but the resolution really comes when SpongeBob is at his lowest crying and like he was having a breakdown in the first one because he just really wanted to succeed at delivering the first pizza. And And the second one, he's just, you know, mourning the fact that he's no longer going to be around his buddy Patrick. And even Patrick is mourning. And again, he wears his emotions a little more on his sleeve. But it wasn't until that moment that the universe or fate like decided to switch things up. And for me, that is that is one of the reasons I really enjoy doing the podcast is because this is a really deep, deep lesson. And it's a little bit of a bummer of a lesson, but I think it's really helpful in the terms that like everyone else can learn from just every now and then letting your true emotions show and grieving and letting other people know like hey I'm not having a good time or hey I don't feel well and that will lead you to move forward not stay where you're at or go backwards I think it touches a little bit of like kind of a little lesson I said last week is like confronting like just confronting conflict or emotion. In this case, it's like confronting grief. You need mm-hmm. like don't bottle it up because it doesn't doesn't do you any good. In fact, it causes more problems later on for yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, what was your less bummer of a, a less of a bummer. of a big lesson? I don't know if yours is so much of a bummer. It's it's like kind of inspiring because it's true. Like you should be like grief is a part of life. That's just one of the facts. Like you're gonna be sad, and if you ignore that, then you're gonna do yourself more harm. You know, it's just a human, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a typical human emotion to be sad. So don't run away from it. What I had this week is like, instead of like being like, you looked at it more of like a, like a resolution kind of thing from this is like, I looked at it for like more of how to avoid those kind of situations. Like, so the big lesson I got from both is like, just be prepared because shit happens to you. So like mm-hmm. in the first episode, like SpongeBob to some degree was prepared to be stuck in the wilderness. He like he had some sort of skills to know how to get out of there. And if they would have been more prepared to deliver pizzas, this wouldn't have happened in the first place. So it's like that you need to keep in mind. Like, 
you might not be well equipped to handle a situation. So maybe it's best for you to not get caught up in something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then you see the second episode, it's like it happens. His house disappeared and he didn't really have a fallback plan. He didn't really have any kind of idea of what to do past, you know, going to his parents. So it's important for you to, you know, look at the big picture, look at the long run of any situation in life and just prepare for what, you know, eventualities can happen because you never know what can happen. I mean, mm-hmm. like even living, you know, living anywhere, there could be any kind of natural disaster that happens that ruins your house. And what do you do then if you don't have any kind of insurance, any kind of like savings, then you're kind of screwed. Um, or like you said, even a, even a fallback plan. Yeah. Like there are people, you know, who can't afford to have monetary contingencies in, in place. Like it's, you know, it's like the classic, like, oh, if I lose my job, like I'm done. I don't have a savings or yeah. like if I, if I get hurt, then I can't do certain things. It's items like that, that people don't really think about, but there's, again, there's people who do not have that, that kind of fallback, but, but then set up what like I find is people can still have, or like, yeah, yeah, but they can even have like a, like people to fall back yeah, on. Yeah, emotional because, support. Yeah, you don't have to throw all this, you don't have to throw all this money at it. Like, oh, my house burnt down, my insurance take care of it. Well, then maybe in another situation, it's like my house burnt down, I know who I'm going to. Yeah. Or even like you said about being prepared, an emergency situation. If your car breaks down, you should have the necessary tools in your car you to should have, take care of Yeah, you basics. should have jumper cables, you should have like quarts of oil, you should have stuff ready to go. And the same thing like your house. Yeah. Like if you live in a place that no flood you know that floods, prepare for that. If you like know that you live in a place that has earthquakes or tornadoes, like have some sort of like disaster rations ready to go because it's important. Yeah, plan of action. And mm-hmm. there's even people who take it to the extreme who are like, I have a go bag. Like super like I know doomsday preppers, they have like secret stashes all over the city yeah. where they're like, I'm gonna pull this out of a manhole and here we go. There's like safe there's like guns and food and everything. Yeah, exactly. It's like that's a little bit that's a little extreme too much for my taste. But like, you know, having your important documents in a fire safe box, like fireproof box and back like even even like little like on a lesser sense, like you have stuff on your computer or your phone, back up your computer or phone. Be prepared mm-hmm. for one of those electronics. Like we depend so much on our electronic devices nowadays that mm-hmm. we lose stuff. Like that could be detrimental. So back that stuff up, have like that flash drive, have like a Google Drive, Dropbox, something just to make you prepared for some sort of shit situation that's going to happen. Because that's honestly like every day mm-hmm. we like people go through some awful situation that just comes out of the blue and there's no way to prepare. There's no, sometimes there's no way for prepare for it, but if you set yourself up correctly, it makes things a little easier to navigate. And then another thing to marry our lessons together when you're not so prepared and you know, does hit the fan and life gets pretty rough. Be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it like the best policy is to be like, you know what? I'm having a really rough week. And I think a good boss or a good friend or a good person in general is going to look at someone and be like, Hey, I understand. If it's like a work situation, it's like, I understand, but this thing can't be happening again. But here's what I can do to help you in this current situation. That is ideal. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's important, even as just a friend, it's just like, hey, I understand you're going through this hardship. Here's the resources I can offer you. Exactly. You can stay at my house. Or maybe you don't have a house that people can stay at. Maybe you have, you know, 12 roommates and you're all sharing, you know, two bedrooms. Like, that's crazy. But it's... Maybe you just can't have people over. 
then you can say, oh, well. But come over for, come over for dinner. Like, I have food. Yeah. If you need food. Or if you need somewhere, like, need other resources, I, I can reach out to my other friends. That's the thing. Is, is like, if you ask for help, like, mm. more than likely, people will try to help you. And that's the thing. I think it's very scary mm. to be, to feel vulnerable or to feel like you need help sometimes. I mean, a lot of people want to feel very independent, but, you know, we're humans. We're very, like, social creature. I mean, like most animals. So it's like, if mm-hmm. you need help, that's okay. Like, rely that's on That's how other we people. survived. Yeah, that's how you survive. That's how we survived over the years. And that's how SpongeBob got reincarnated yeah. over and over again by depending on others. That's the theory. <laughs> it, watching the episode, I did not think... I was going to come out with such a deep understanding of it. But at the end, I was like, wow, like there is, these themes are super played heavy. Like they're there. Mm-hmm. You just got to dig and find them. Yeah. And that's what I hope that we do for you guys. We, we, we dig for you. So that way, when you watch it, you, you go, wow, I'm inspired to, to learn from this yellow guy and his friends. I honestly think that's what we try to bring to the table is for all of us to think a little bit more critically about even the silly stuff that we watch. And yeah, maybe we'll find something we can actually use. Yeah, I mean, there's lessons in everyday life. Everything that you do, you can take away, take something away from. And all we're doing here is just showing you that this simple cartoon that you grew up with actually does have a lot of meaning. You can learn I a lot from so. it, and it's just fun to watch too. I think I it is fun. every single episode I've I've been enjoying. I don't know what's gonna happen when we get to the later episodes. I know there's a lot of controversy with that, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. So, uh, thank you. Thank you all again for joining us. If you're listening, if you're a new listener, thank you for, you know, getting this far or picking this random, random one. I think this was a good one to pick because that was a, was a good nugget. Yeah. Solid nugget of, of lessons. Um, again, reach out to us, text us, call us, um, all these different social media things. We do Facebook is made as a podcast. Our website is made as a podcast.com. Our email is mayonnaise a podcast at gmail.com. Um, we have an Instagram at is mayonnaise a podcast. I'm starting to make little memes on there. Let me know what meme ideas you have. If you have memes of your own, share with us too. Exactly. Yeah. We love SpongeBob memes. I love SpongeBob I memes. I thrive off that. I, that's how I live. That's how I handle my grief. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's how I ask for help too, through memes. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you don't like about the show. Send us your memes. Send us experiences that you've had that relate to the episode we talked about. Even if the episode is like, you know, if you're like, oh, episode one really hit home for me, um, but Omar and Josh are on episode six now or on episode seven, I really think that this thing applies to me, but I don't want to bug them, bug us. Send us an email. Again, is mayonnaise a podcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website. There's a little comment box there. It all goes to the same email. We try to check it at least every now and then. Or comment on Facebook. We cannot stress enough. Reach out to us for anything that you want, even if it's not related to SpongeBob. Just reach out to us because maybe we can address it. Yeah. All right. And it's very important to remember that sometimes it's not a boulder, it's, it's a, a rock. rock. Rusty Cray, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza. Here's the pizza for me. Are you? For you and me. That's it. Uh, That's it. Just put that in there. (laughs) I'm not doing that.